I'm Mike Snyder. And I'm Bill Wills. And it's Wills and Snyder each and every morning from 5 to 9, Bill. We got a lot every day, don't we? Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Thanks for checking out today's podcast each and every day. Make sure you follow us and download the show. If you hear us in the morning, miss an interview or something, Mike, this is a great way to catch it on the podcast and normally around weekday morning. At your convenience, at your time, whether we're talking to Terry Pluto, Tom Hamilton, whoever it is. Of course, I'm always focused on that sports end, Bill. News, sports, traffic, and weather on the 10s. Mornings, it's Cleveland's Morning News. News with Wilson Snyder. Now, enjoy today's show. Pulling over to fill up to start the week. 370 price to be for a gallon of gas. On your money from Bloomberg for Union Home Mortgage. New more on your money at WTAM.com. Keyword money. Coming up, the voice of most of us here when we're napping. Sunday afternoon, Nick Faldo retired yesterday. Yes, yeah, Sir Nick Faldo after 16 years at CBS. Get to that little trending coming up. Uh, we've got your traffic and weather together on the 10s first at 510. Good morning, Pat Butler. Good morning, Bill. From the Elk and Elk Traffic Center, if you drank toxic water from Camp Lejeune, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Highway's in pretty good shape for you. 90 east side and west side looking good getting into downtown. If you're coming up 71 north, 20-minute ride for you from 82 in Strongsville up to the Metro Health Curve. This report brought to you by the Ohio Department of Transportation. I was struck by a car on my daughter's birthday. It could have been the day she had to say goodbye to her dad. Remember to always move over and slow down for any stopped vehicle with flashing lights. You just might save a life. Learn more at moveover.ohio.gov. Next traffic update in 10 minutes at 5.20. Pat Butler, WTAM traffic on 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Scattered showers, thunderstorms popping up this morning. Cleveland 3 News meteorologist Peyton Domsky says later today we'll have cloudy skies for the most part into the upper 80s. And the heat index will approach 100 today with the humidity. That warm, muggy, soupy feel again. Tonight more thunderstorms are possible. Tuesday scattered showers, storms noticeably cooler. Upper 70s tomorrow. Another muggy day today. Uh, 76, muggy at your severe weather station. Guardians got a win. They're off today. Brown's off, too. Mike Snyder's got your sports coming up. Coming up, what's the deal with a big bill? The Senate passed. Rory O'Neill takes a look at it. And vacation over the summer? Use Verbo to rent the condo or a house. And you looked around and thought, huh, I wonder if I could buy one of these. Does that make sense? Uh, Money Monday tip, Elizabeth Scheiderer at NCA Financial Sequoia will walk us through the uh, things you need to think about buying a vacation home. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. With reports from Fox News throughout the morning on WTAM 1100. What's up online? This is Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Here's what's trending at WTAM.com. Well, the voice you hear when you're napping on Sunday afternoon, one of those on CBS Sports, longtime golf uh, Analyst Nick Faldo retired yesterday. Scooter Reese, producer extraordinaire, alongside. I saw some of this. He teared up. Yeah, he teared up, and uh, this is him while walking out of uh, the CBS and at the Wyndham. Here he is. Nick, which way to Montana? You doing okay, though? Huh? You doing okay? I'm good. All right. Walking with a former GGO champion right here. <laughs> How you doing, Frank? Sir Nick Faldo, 16 years. 16 years, and with Jim Nance, Ian Baker Finch, yeah. and then, if I'm not mistaken, uh, um, who's the guy that went to NBC because he worked with him, too? Um, the I- I- Irish the, uh, Irish gentleman. Um, Nick Faraday. Or Faraday. F- Faraday yeah. worked David with him Faraday. With, yeah. when yeah, he yeah. used to be at CBS yeah. and went there. I think one of the big, you know, because he won the Masters, put Tiger's oh, yeah. jacket on him the first time Tiger yeah, won it. Nick Faldo, a great player, but one of the best, I think, he ever said. Was when the, you know how everybody likes to yell, get in the hole, get in the hole. He got mad at the Masters one year. He's like, This is the Masters. We don't do this. Here. Nick Faldo, video, Wilson Center, Facebook. If you uh, try the game of golf, he's got great golf tips. He's a good follow on Twitter. Just once while he's on the golf course, and they, you know, uh-huh. White puts a camera on him, he shows you something, and a little something. So I like that. Uh, I love that. Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick is Sir, awesome. Sir, Sir Nick. Sir Nick. Sir Nick. Sir Nick. Oh, that's right. He uh, teared up. See that? Wilson Center Facebook. Scoot, thanks much. You're welcome. 515 Sports. Here's Mike Snyder. Well, Bill, another one of those early Sunday starts, and the Guardians seem to like those. They took on the Astros yesterday. First pitch just afternoon. Both teams' bats were silent, really sleeping most of the day, with one exception. Here's the 1-2. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to Left. This one's deep. Does it have enough down the line? Home run, Luke Maley. Onto the home run porch. 
And there's your first run of the game. It belongs to the Guardians. And there is the only run of the game. How about that? Guardians win one nothing. Maley's first homer of the year. First homer in a Cleveland uniform. Now he was behind the plate as Tristan McKenzie goes eight innings, strikes out eight, and shuts down Houston on McKenzie, Maley said. Starts with his fastball. When his fastball is able to get to the extension side, away to right-handed hitters, more often than not, those are the days where his breaking stuff plays best. And it's to me, it's about as simple as that. There's a few other things here and there, but it's, it's usually about as simple as that. Emmanuel Classe came on to close it for save number 24. Guardians gain a split after losing the first two games of the series. Great job by Tristan McKenzie yesterday and Cal Quantrill on Saturday. And now the Guardians are just a game back of the Twins as they begin the new week. Now they're off today. Guardians will start a series in Detroit tomorrow. The Twins will be in L.A. to take on the Red Hot Dodgers. So a chance to move up and maybe pull even with them this week. The Browns open a preseason play on Friday at Jacksonville while they await a decision on Deshaun Watson. A new problem bubbled up over the weekend with running back Kareem Hunt reportedly requesting a trade unless he gets a contract extension. Now Hunt, who held himself out of team drills on Friday and Saturday, was a full participant in yesterday's practice. The timing's not really good for Kareem. With Nick Chubb, of course, uh, they've got their main man, Jerome Ford, a promising rookie. Dearness Johnson showed that he can do it. And really, Kareem just needs to get on the field here and play. And based on yesterday, maybe that's exactly the approach he is going to take going forward, because they need him. They really do, especially, we'll get to more of the running game in a moment on the Browns. And Pete Rose, back in the news and Philadelphia yesterday, where the Phillies celebrated their 1980 championship team. While there, though, Rose, when he met with reporters, dismissed questions over allegations that he had a sexual relationship with a minor decades ago. In 2017, the Phillies canceled a plan to honor Rose over those allegations. Home of the Guardians and the Cavs, Mike Snyder, WTAM Sports. We've really... We've changed the world. I am really confident that the Inflation Reduction Act will endure as one of the defining feats of the 21st century. Yet another, yet another reckless taxing and spending spree. Democrats have already robbed American families once through inflation, and now their solution is to rob American families. Yet a second time. Senator Mitch McConnell and Senator Chuck Schumer about the big Senate spending bill over the weekend, bringing Rory O'Neill and the O'Neill file. It was a big Votorama story. They got this thing passed. Only in Washington you spend $740 billion to battle inflation. <laughs> right. Uh, this p- package has also about $300 billion in deficit reduction. Uh, they're doing that by raising money, setting a corporate minimum tax on companies valued at more than a billion dollars or have a billion dollars in revenue. Uh, so that's one of the ways they're going to raise money. Also increasing IRS enforcement, spending $80 billion to hire more agents to make sure that corporations and wealthy individuals are paying what they owe. Heard Senator Chuck Schumer, no surprise, he's real happy. This is a huge piece of legislation for Biden, though, to finally get through, right? Uh, yeah, and it really pushes... Uh, you know, don't forget, this is part of that reconciliation. This was going to be a $3.5 trillion plan. So to pass at $740 billion, you can see how much smaller, obviously, this is in scale. Things like uh, pre-K, child care for all, uh, you know, more college uh, loans being paid off, all that did not make the cut here. So this is a much uh, much more slimmed-down package that finally got through. So a lot of the stuff he ran on uh, that we figured he couldn't get done, he didn't get done. Uh, but at least they got something <laughs> passed, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, I guess that's how they'll yeah. argue this. I think the one thing that's still out there is that insulin uh, cap at $35 a month. I think millions of Americans were watching that provision. Uh, it didn't get through. The parliamentarian wouldn't allow it. And then uh, not enough Republicans joined the Democrats to push it through. Rory O'Neill, the O'Neill file in the Senate. House says, yep, we'll pass it as soon as it gets over here and get to the uh, president to sign it soon. All right, Rory, thanks much. Thanks, Bill. Money Monday, tip coming up. Uh, you vacation someplace, and you thought, you know, why don't we just buy a place? Does that make sense? Well, hold on before you make a down payment. Uh, tips on that from Elizabeth Schreider at Sequoia NCA up next. Okay, we've all done it. You've gone through Verbo and you rented a nice condo or a house somewhere, and eh, a couple days you're there. Man, that's nice. I wonder what this place costs. Could I afford this? I'm putting the rental program, make money back, right? Elizabeth Schreider is with us this morning, Vice President, Wealth Advisor at Sequoia Financial Group. So I can go buy a condo in Hilton Head and it pays for itself. Is that the bottom line? 
Maybe, Bill. <laughs> slow down. Slow down. All right. Uh, we go on vacation. We see places in these different destinations. And we think, man, I'd like to own a own one of these places. So Elizabeth uh, sits with clients all the time that ask that question. So let's ask and a few things to think about. Four tips when it comes to thinking about buying a vacation destination. Uh, number one, you would tell me just start with the basics, Elizabeth? Of course, Bill. And yes, I'm talking about budget and retirement planning. You know, we want to sit back and say, can you really afford the second home? Is your retirement on track first? And then is your emergency fund large enough to support two residences? Do you really want to sit back, start at the basics, pen to paper? Definitely not a rash decision as you're walking out of the uh, condo complex in, in Hilton Head. You, you know, on that... Um on that uh, emergency fund, it reminds me, we have a, a, some friends of ours that did buy a place in Hilton Head a couple years ago, and I remember the guy saying it was always, it's like double stuff. He goes, you know, the hot water, hot, uh, water heater went out at the house, and it went out at the condo. It's like you, you're really running two households, aren't you? Exactly, and there's definitely a lot more financial risk when it comes to making that decision. So is renting maybe better in your profile when you, when it comes to this? It's just something definitely to consider. Okay, uh, also considering logistics, where you're thinking of buying a place? Oh, exactly. Especially if you have a young family, a great rule of thumb is consider a place within two to three hours of home. Then you're actually more likely to use it. If you're having to get everybody on a plane, trek down to Florida, are you really going to be using that place in Orlando, for example? So you want to consider those logistics. And then does it have activities that you can enjoy as your family grows over time? Or if you're in retirement or near retirement, is this a vacation home you can age in? If it's got three floors and you're going to have to lug laundry or groceries up you want to consider those those logistics so how is the place laid out and then also location 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 elizabeth schreider with me certified financial planner vice president wealth advisors sequoia financial group back from vacation thinking about buying a place okay another thing to think about as you've worked with people or have seen this play out biggest mistake that people make yeah, so the biggest mistake you can make is not considering all the carrying costs of having another home. I mean, you mentioned your buddy with the extra water yeah, heater, yeah. you know, going out. I mean, there's more utilities, there's more insurance. You know, what if you, you know, are going to have a boat or you now need a golf cart? Those other expenses are going to be there, and especially in retirement. So a great example is, you know, what if this vacation home ends up costing you $20,000 a year and you own it for 10 years? Yes, you can sell it in 10 years, but it's cost you two $200,000 over that decade. Can you really afford it when it comes to retirement? Some can, and others should, should really consider maybe not buying a vacation home. Yeah, really squeeze your cash flow. All right, takeaway here. Three tips for success if you really want to make this work. Exactly. And so when it comes to that, what I've seen a lot of families have success with is they go and they rent for at least three seasons where they want to go. Are you using it? Are you enjoying the space? Maybe you want to be on the east side, not the west side. So really spend two to three seasons where you want to be to really get a feel. The second is to go ahead and subscribe to those local publications or community blogs so you get a feel of what's actually happening when you're not there. Yeah. And then the, the third tip in today's world is to just be patient. The real estate market is pretty hot. Mortgage rates are going everywhere. And so really make sure you have patience on your side. All right. But if I buy a place, will you rent it from me so I can get some money back? Well, we'll have to see, Bill. Depends <laughs> on where the location is, I guess. All right. Exactly. Uh, good tips to walk through. Good question, though. Elizabeth Schneider out at uh, Sequoia Financial Group. Elizabeth, thanks much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now, here's some breakfast for your brain. All right, the supply chain and the issues continue. Bringing our Ariel this morning. Uh, yesterday at the grocery store, I didn't see the brand of peanut butter I wanted. Matter of fact, probably half the peanut butter was gone. I know that's just a small sample, but yet again, we're shopping for daily stuff or you're ordering big stuff. The supply chain problem continues to be out there, Aaron. Yes, and that might have been because your peanut butter came through the East Coast, and there has been a lot of backlog there. Last summer, we were saying West Coast, but now it seems like the East Coast, and it, we're calling this the Disneyland effect. Um, you all know this if you've ever been to Disneyland. If you use the app, it tells you how long it takes to wait for a ride, but everyone sees that Space Mountain is a 55-minute wait, and the Indiana Jones ride is a 15-minute wait. So everyone runs over to the Indiana Jones ride, and when you get there, it's a 60-minute line. Same exact thing seems to be happening at the ports. So Southern California, they dealt with this 
epic traffic jam last summer during the pandemic, which resulted in these record number of containers just waiting in the waters outside of the ports. The shipping container companies have wised up, and now they're moving over to the East Coast and the Gulf of Mexico. In the East Coast, um, you're basically seeing these smaller ports that don't have the same capacity compared to those in L.A. County. And those ports, they usually don't see significant congestion until now because you have all of these new problems presented from moving every ship around. So a quick example, the Port of Savannah, fourth largest gateway for seaborne container imports here in the U.S., it's a it's a good port. It handles more than 5 million containers, but it's not built for this incredible volume that it's seen. And shipping containers, they're waiting about 200 hours. That's equivalent to nine days just floating around the harbor, while the port of Long Beach has an average wait time of five hours. So it seems to have all shifted over to the East Coast and the Gulf Coast, and, and they're they're trying to suss this out in order to improve supply chains and get your peanut butter to you. You know, that reinforces, we had a big story a week or two ago, a, a big ship, you know, we're here on uh, with, with Lake Erie, we do a lot of shipping out of Cleveland and, and, and accept things, yes, but this was lot. an actual ship that came, that was going to unload on the East Coast and just was in line too long and thought, well, I'll just swing around, come into Cleveland and unload here. So in, indeed, we've we've had a little more shipping coming into Cleveland because of this problem on the East Coast. Absolutely. And actually, the BBC just published an article on the 27th with the, the headline, Could the Great Lakes solve the U.S.'s shipping woes. And the whole idea is, is exactly what you just said, that if it could absorb some of the volume from the coast, which are having such problems, and now you see the Los Angeles, the, there are, there's dock workers that are in the middle of negotiating contracts, but there's rumors that there might be a strike soon. That will cause epic problems. So, yes, if we could relieve some of this with the Great Lakes, that would be helpful. Aaron, thanks much. Good reporting. Have a good day. Thank you. All right, Browns, Jacksonville, you got a line on that yet for... Uh... For Friday night scoop? Yeah, Jacksonville will get in about four. Four points? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. I'll take the four in the um, Jags. All right. Later this morning after eight, big night tonight at the uh, Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse with Raw. And uh, Dolph Ziggler will uh, join us, local guy. Been around a long time in uh, in wrestling. Uh, was it uh, Kent Stays? I think he's 42, 41, 42 now, which is kind of, I don't think there's a champion's tour yet for wrestling. Yeah. But you're kind of getting up there when you're in he your early forties, right? He went to St. Ed's too. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if right? Carmen knows him. Eight twenty. Wow. Yeah. Well, does he know Carmen? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reverse that. Yeah. So if you're a, a Raw fan, a All wrestling right. fan, we'll talk to Dolph at uh, Little Wrestling. Eight twenty-two. Doesn't sound like you have your questions ready yet, Mike Snyder. No, I, I'm going to have to work on that. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, if you Google a little bit, uh, there are some issues here. I have, um, according to Wrestle Talk. He's been doing some stand-up. He rested up after 2018. He set out for a year or two. Okay. Uh, he dated uh, Amy uh, Schumer wow. about 10 years ago, by the way. Wow. Just letting you know that. Now, these are my questions. you got to do your own research. Uh, uh, tag team, he did the zigzag move pretty good. And I guess he's been a big fan of Ric Flair. Who recently wrestled his last match. There you go. Yep, and uh, Flair, it's, uh, Flair, I think he's 72, 73, and he rest, wrestled his last match there. So we'll talk to Dolph he still put on a show. Yes, he does. That's yes, what it's all do. about, putting yeah. on a show. Put on a show. All right, so if you have a question for Dolph, yeah, let us know. Something you want yeah, us to work us. in, you can text 21095, yes. and we'll work it in at 820. Or you can also use that uh, the iHeartRadio right, app and right. record a question. The talk back. Just sure. talk back. Use yes. a little microphone and work in something that maybe we could uh, need to ask Dolph at 820. Yeah. Right? But we need to ask Dolph. Cover it all. A little prep there for Dolph. No McMahon questions. There is one. Yes. Did sir. you see that? <laughs> Dolph was asked to practice a kiss in front of Vince McMahon. And uh, this was with C.J. Perry, Lana, and uh, supposedly the uh, Vince told him how to kiss, and they had to do it over several times. Well, now well, that's research. Well, there, well, there, you, there go. you go. You do your own prep. Okay. I got my list. All right. <laughs> Pat, I... you got anything you want to add to that? No. All right. I'm, I'm just taking all, all assistance I can get with this one. Right, I'm going to stay so out of that one. Dolph Ziegler coming up at 820. We'll leave, we'll leave McMahon alone, huh? Scooter I... says. Well, we got to ask him that. Well, you can. You, you know. Google it's one well, of the four McMahon's, or five topics right now. McMahon's no longer with the WWE. But it doesn't matter. So, but, yeah, you could. You it could doesn't do it. matter. It doesn't matter. It's wrestling. That's right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's wrestling. Right. It's wrestling. Join us coming up at 8. This is Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Here's what's trending at WTAM.com.
Wells and Steiner Facebook page, you'll see this. Scooter East producer extraordinaire says Roger Waters is not happy with President Joe Biden. No, he's not. He called him a war criminal. He called Trump one too. Uh, we it, can't do anything right. No, in this, this country. because he, you know, what his you latest Roger Waters, his latest show though, as you can see, he called Reagan a war criminal back yeah. in the day. You know, the former Pink Floyd front man. You know, that's why they booted one of the reasons probably they booted him out of the band years and years ago. David Gilmore and them just couldn't get along with them with money. You know, after the wall and everything, but. The, he doesn't like either side of the aisle, and CNN does didn't he want. Well, he, I don't, I, you know, to this day, we after, really know what he wants. I don't even know what he, he wants. I don't know what he believes everything. in. I don't know what he believes in. But uh, CNN did an interview with him, and uh, the way he begins off his show, it's like if you're here, you know, not to hear politics, then you better beep beep off to the bar and stuff. And he just, but if you listen, if you watch the interview, I mean, this guy, I mean, he's he's a little whacked out. He just, says we're fueling the fire in Ukraine. Yes. By so are we just supposed to not do anything, let Putin do whatever he wants? Uh, Does he like Putin? Is he a Putin uh, fan? He defends China. Okay. So if you watch the interview, I mean, because the the... the the CNN reporter talks about China and talks about different things. This guy, I mean, you get into with him, and Waters is like, where's this guy? I mean, he's like way out there, man. I mean, he's way out there. Don't pay much attention N- to Roger. He was never one of my favorites in that band, no. in Floyd. So I just fave? Uh, Gilmore. Gilmore, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, you can see Roger uh, Waters basically just doesn't like anything. Uh, Wilson Snyder, Facebook, com. You can see that. Yes, right? check that out. Okay. Wilson Snyder Facebook page and also the Wilson Snyder, um, uh, the WTM Facebook page as well. Coming up in five, aviation expert Jay Ratliff says, guess what? People are still struck at airports this morning after what happened over the weekend. More flights canceled because of weather and staffing shortages. And they even saw Senator Marco Rubio was trying to get back to Washington for this votorama. He had like an 8 a.m. flight that was canceled. And they're going to put them on like an 8 p.m. So it affects everybody. Was it a total of 1,300-something flights? Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. My goodness. People trying to take vacations and stuff. Jeez. And then if you finally get there, then you're worried about getting home, right? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, Jay yeah, coming up in Time to spare. Go exactly. by air. Yeah, go by air. Uh, Jay, uh, join us here in about 5, coming up on uh, WTAM 1100. Check your day, too, if you're heading to Hopkins and flying out. See what the weather's like. Looks like Chicago's getting hit pretty hard with some rain and storms this morning. All right, Scoop, thanks so much. You're welcome. Cleveland's Morning News with Wells and Snyder. Entertainment news, names, notes trending this morning. There's nothing simple about this job. The Brad Pitt action comedy Bullet Train topped the weekend box office, earning $30.1 bucks. Not bad, but on the low end of expectations. I have an owner, and he's Superman. DC League of Super Pets drops to second at week two, another $11.2 million there, with the sci-fi horror flick Nope also sliding a spot to third in week three. Family is a mess. The comedy Easter Sunday stumbles out of the gate with an eighth-place finish. Good morning, aviators. It's another milestone for Top Gun Mad. The action sequels now topped Titanic as the seventh highest grossing film domestically with 662 million bucks. Actress Anne Heche is in stable condition following an auto accident Friday in Los Angeles that ended with her being pulled from a burning car. No official word on the nature or extent of her injuries. And U2 guitarist The Edge is 61 months. Now, here's some breakfast for your brain. News Radio WTAM 1100. This is Bill Wills. For a lot of people, the chance to refinance has passed because interest rates have gone up. But, you know, it, it's all about you, your situation. If you're paying 18 20% on a credit card, would it make sense to refinance your your mortgage on your home uh, and, and use some of that cash? I, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Anyway, Melanie Ross is a certified financial planner, NCA, in Sequoia with us. With a few things to consider when it comes to refinancing the mortgage. Melanie, good morning to you. Good morning, Bill. Truly, it, it, it's the individual situations when it comes to, to money. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Sure okay. Sure right. Yeah. Uh, and we've had these historic low rates for a while. It's been a big push on refinancing. Many of us have. But if you haven't, for whatever reason, it, it still may be a, a good time to do it. But some things to consider when deciding about refinancing your mortgage, some things to ask because it will affect your, your actual, actual uh, interest rate. Now, number one, of course, the all-important right. credit score, right? Right, right. If your credit score is lower now than when you took out your current mortgage, it may not make sense to refinance. With most lenders, you need a credit score of at least 620 to even qualify for a mortgage refinance. 
And to get the lowest rate possible, you need a 740. So when it comes to refinancing, you have to know your credit score, like you said. And you can get this information for free by going to annualcreditreport.com. Okay, your current interest rate. I mean, the average is a little below six on 30-year money right now. You know, where are you at on your rate and do the math on a a refine? Mm -hmm. Right. The yeah. lower you can bring down your current interest rate, the more money you'll save over time. And the rule of thumb is it's a good idea to refinance if you can reduce your current rate by at least 2%. So like you said, the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage is just under 6%. So if yours is that 7.5, it might make sense to refinance. It probably does. But even a reduction of 1% could really be worthwhile. So if your rate right now is at 6 and the average is at 5.5 or 6.5 even, it might make sense to refinance, too. You know, while I'm thinking of it, uh, these adjustable rate mortgages, I, I know there was a time they were really popular, then the the, you know, the rates were jumping up, but if, if, if you were on one of those and if you haven't locked in yet, that may be something to look at, too. Absolutely. You're so good, Bill. That's absolutely right. If you can lock in a rate right now at 55 or 6%, that's still really low historically. So I would lock in that rate, but you got to run those numbers, yeah. see whether or not it makes sense for you. But yeah, those adjustable rates are just going to go up. Yeah, some of our parents and grandparents are looking at us going, I've mortgaged a house on 15%. Here you're worried about, you know, five <laughs> or six. Anyway. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Here, another tip here, debt to income ratio, know that? Right. Your debt to income ratio measures your monthly debt compared to your monthly income. And the reason why it's important for you to know what yours is is because it's one of the ways lenders gauge how much mortgage you can afford. Most lenders consider a healthy debt to income ratio to be 35% or less. So the lower your number, the better. Okay. And here's a, here's a good question. How long you plan on living there? Yeah. Right. If you plan on selling your home in the next let's say five years, then you should probably hold off on refinancing, you know, because selling too soon after refinancing just means you won't live in your home long enough to capture the savings benefits that you've been trying to get with having a lower interest rate, or you're not going to have enough time to recoup those closing costs. So really consider how much longer you'll be in your current home before you refinance. All right, good tips. Know your credit score, your current interest rate. Uh, do the math on, on whether or not it makes sense. Debt-to-income ratio, how long you're going to be in your house. But still, for some, it could be a good time to refinance. All right, uh, Melanie Ross Absolutely. with the tips and asking the questions. Vice President Wealth Advisor out at NCA Sequoia Financial Joining Forces. Melanie, thanks much. Thanks, sir. Here's what's trending at WTAM.com. And we asked Scooter Reese, producer extraordinaire, about Sir Nick Faldo retiring yesterday, right? Yes, Bill. After 16 years, Nick Faldo, if you caught it yesterday on CBS, teared up as he signed off after 16 years being with Nancy and Baker Finch. And at one time, David Faraday was with them. Vern Lundquist, you know, back in the day and stuff. But uh, here's Nick walking out of the CBS studio in over there in the Wyndham Championship. Nick, which way to Montana? You doing okay, though? Huh? You doing okay? No. All right. Walking with a former GGO champion right here. How you doing, Frank? And there, there's Nick with his uh, going with his wife Lindsay heading to Montana. Got a uh, new ranch and all that sort of thing up there. Faldo, good uh, Sir Nick Faldo. Oh good, yeah, good Bill. follow on Twitter if you enjoy golf. He's always got some nice little tips and things up there for you. Yes, and then I love that when he did that at the Masters one time when everybody kept yelling, you know, in the hole, in the hole, and he just got aggravated and he's talking to Nancy. He's like, "This is the Masters. We don't say that here." Sir Nick Faldo, I guess as a player, he like grunted, never said a word. And then really? Like, they, well, they were, a lot of people were surprised 16 years ago when CBS went to him to be in the uh, the booth because he's never said much. And boy, he has over the years. Yeah, yes, he has. Done a great job. Yes. He's done a great what job. a career he's had. All right, Wills and Center Facebook, WillsandCenter.com. It's up there, right? Yes, sir. You can check it out also at the Wills and Center Facebook page and the WTM Facebook page as well. Dolph Ziggler, if you're a wrestling fan, Raw's in town tonight. He'll join us at 820, uh, right? Yes, he is. The big man. He'll be with us. All right. Five good minutes. News Radio, WTAM 1100. This is Bill Wills. In my next life, if there is one, I'm going to come back as an economist. Because I, you don't have to be right. Just write some papers. People interview you all the time. It just seems like they're wrong about so many things. I mean, even Janet Yellen wasn't sure we were going to experience inflation. Of course we are. Anyway, Kevin Myroff joins me this morning uh, with the Sequoia Financial Group, Principal Senior Strategic Advisor over there. Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning, Bill. I'm trying to sort out what's happened here. Uh, I hear the word recession. I think I see it and experience it with inflation, of course. I think we're all seeing that, even though the price of gas has come down a little bit. Uh, the market's been uh, 
been uh, been a, a bit wobbly. And then we get this great jobs report last week that everybody seemed to be scratching their head about, right? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. They're expecting something under like 300,000 new jobs and there was almost 600,000 new jobs. And so it was a, it was a really good day for people going back to work and building jobs. Yet the markets still went you know the, the markets reacted very negatively to that. Yeah, is there a simple answer to the question about what, why it made no sense uh, and reaction? Yeah, yeah, yes, and, and and people confuse these things. The, the the Fed has two mandates. One is to keep inflation low into their area, which is two and a half, three and a half percent, and we're growing at eight or half or nine percent right now. And the other is to keep people working. But right now, they're solely focused on inflation because it's too high because it's a huge societal problem. People have to decide between gas and food right now or gas and rent or the types of foods they buy. And so they need to bring that down. And in order to bring that down, you need to slow the economy down. A lot of new jobs shows the economy still going pretty strong. And they're trying to do the opposite. They're trying to raise interest rates to bring the to slow the economy down. Okay, so the jobs report came out. Uh, that number was way up. If the Fed's trying to slow things down, other areas I should be watching? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the most important thing to keep a look at is that if, if supply chain issues start to get better, so if China starts um, lifting some of the zero COVID tolerance they have, letting their people go back to work, and we still get more product, so that means there's, a, a lot more product with demand going down because the economy is slowing down. Right. That'll start to bring inflation down. We have to watch the Russian and Ukraine war. When the, if that comes to some type of conclusion, then that will be positive for consumer confidence. And then you got to keep watching the Fed. And you know they, they've indicated they're going to keep raising these interest rates at between three quarters and one percent. And that jobs number just gives them more leeway to do that. Kevin Myroff with me at the Sequoia Financial Group, sorting through this uh, jobs number on Friday and, and breaking down what it means to us as far as how we're planning and budgeting and that sort of thing. So let me just ask you, with that in mind, we're well over halfway through the year for what it's worth. Our 401ks have been taking a, a hit. Uh, I'm watching what the Fed's doing. Should I be more conservative with my 401k? Yeah, I know. It's uh, When things keep going on longer and longer like this, you want to try to get more conservative, but it's not really the right thing to do. Your 401k should be allocated like it should be whether our markets are going up or markets are going down. There should be the right mix of stocks and bonds and um, d different types of equities, large cap, mid cap, small cap. So a really good diversified portfolio based on your risk tolerance. Once that's set, we shouldn't be changing it for these this noise that takes place in little periods of time. That's for the long term, and you can keep it there. You cannot guess when the market's going to rebound. All right, so gas is coming down a little bit. I'm seeing the market a bit wobbly, but it sounds like with the way the Fed is moving, things could get a little bit worse before they get better for my, my budget or my situation. Yeah, Bill, I'm in, I'm in that camp. I think things are going to get a little worse before they get better. The average recession lasts 11 and a half months. We're only six and a half months into this one. So just based on averages, we still have some time for this to go. The average downturn is roughly 21% in the indexes, not in your diversified portfolios, but in the indexes. And the average downturn is 31%. We're only down 21 So there's still some more downside to go. But with that said, it would take very little to turn this around really quickly and start heading the other direction. The biggest thing is the supply chain. I think supply chain is half of what inflation is right now. If that gets fixed, then we'll be you know down to four and a half inflation really quickly. But I don't see that happening to the end of 2023. Okay. So I think we got a little ways to go. All right, good takeaways. Uh, appreciate the breakdown. Kevin Myroff, Principal and Senior Strategic Advisor, Sequoia Financial Group, breaking down some of this confusing economic news that we are reporting on. Kevin, thanks much. You bet. Have a great week, everybody. Did you see Jersey Boys? Uh, Frankie Valley, the Four Seasons, will be here on September 9th. Connor Palace Theater, Playhouse Square, the original Jersey Boy himself, Frankie Valley, true American legend. Tickets at PlayhouseSquare.org. We'll send you there. Coming up at 745, your chance to win a pair of tickets. 727 now. Good morning. And now, five good minutes. Let's talk about some of the news. Political analyst Steve Roberts uh, checks in. Uh, let me go back to last week. Uh, so much talk about Roe v. Wade and that sort of thing. The first real 
time it's on the ballot, it's a red state, it's Kansas, and people say, no, we want to keep that at least in our Constitution. That, did that surprise many, Steve? Just about everybody. And it's not just that uh, it's Kansas, a pretty red state, although it does have a Democratic governor. Um, but it was 59 to 41. It was a huge vote. And um, you can see from the patterns, Bill, um, there was a huge surge in Democratic registration after the Roe v. Wade decision by the Supreme Court. You look at suburban counties, um, particularly women vote, uh, registering and voting, um, and that gives the Democrats encouragement that their fall campaign design can work, which really boils down to one word, Bill, and that word is extremism, trying to label Republicans as outside the mainstream. The Democratic Party, the left wing of the Democratic Party, always fantasize that this is a liberal country. It is not. But it's not a hard right country either. It's kind of a centers country tending to the right. But if you go too far on either side, a party is going to pay a price. And um, uh, so Democrats not just look at the results in Kansas, they also look at the results in Arizona. It's a purple state, one of the most hard-fought hard states in the last election. Republican Governor Ducey uh, insisted that the election was fair, that there was no fraud, and yet Republicans in the primaries nominated four hard-line election deniers who buy into the big line for the Senate, for governor, for uh, Secretary of State, and for Attorney General. Democrats have a vulnerable Senate incumbent there, Mark Kelly, first-termer. And Democrats say, wow, thanks for the break, guys, because um, they think that the hard-line candidate, Blake Masters, the Republicans picked, is going to be much easier to defeat. So this is the, I think these still are, uh, the landscape still favors Republicans because of inflation, because of uh, Biden's dismal poll numbers. But there are glimmers of hope for the Democrats in these results. 538.com, if you're into politics, you probably follow them some. And if you look at the landscape as, as we speak right now, they're saying, yeah, it looks like Republicans will will take over the House, but the Senate, because of these close races, could still stay in Democratic hands for the next uh, two years under uh, under President Biden, right? That's right. Let's remember, it's now 50-50, and 538's latest assessment is that the Democrats will keep all of their incumbents, like Kelly in Arizona. They've also got a vulnerable incumbent, uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock in Georgia, um, uh, Senator Mastow in Nevada. But they now think the Democrats can pick up the Senate seat in Pennsylvania, where uh, Senator Toomey, the Republican, is retiring. Democrats have nominated their lieutenant governor. And again, Republicans have nominated uh, so they've nominated this celebrity doctor, Mehmet Oz. He's got a lot of TV uh, experience and a lot of popular notoriety, but he's got a problem. He doesn't live in Pennsylvania. Right. <laughs> a little detail. Out, Details. Yeah, it turns yeah. out to be a problem. Uh, they also think that... Uh, Democrats at least have a shot in Ohio, where, of course, Senator Portland is retiring. Republicans not necessarily nominated their strongest candidate, J.D. Vance. But remember something so interesting, Bill. Uh, Democrats waste a lot of votes in House races because over many years, Republicans have gerrymandered House uh, seats in many states, passed Democrats into a few districts, particularly in urban areas like Cleveland or Cincinnati, and, and, and have won all of these suburban House races. You can't gerrymander a Senate race. You can't gerrymander a governor's race. That, By the way, that's why there were Republican governors in states like Massachusetts and Maryland, which are heavily Democratic states, but the state legislatures there can't... They, the House delegations from both of those states were almost entirely Democratic. But when voters vote statewide, they pick the Republican governors. It's the same with Demo- with the Senate in a number of these places where you can't gerrymander the Senate. That means that the, a lot of those Democratic votes that are wasted in House races are much more important than Senate races in cities like Cleveland. Uh, quickly get you out of here. We're well inside 100 days the uh, before the midterms. And I saw a poll last week. Forget all the talking head talk about uh, uh, the, the border and student loans, blah, blah, blah. It's the economy. It, 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 people, the economy is what is on our minds, Steve. Of course it is. And you and I have talked about this so often over the years. And at least when voters drive down the highway and see those blinking LED lights on the gas stations, they're a little bit lower than they were at their peak. But it's still the dominant issue. It's still a big negative for Democrats. Joe Biden is still mired in 
historic uh, unpopularity. So you've got to say that the landscape still heavily favors Republicans, but Democrats think the Republicans have given them an opening in a couple of these key states where they have nominated hard right candidates. And let's remember, this happened before. It happened in Indiana. It happened in Delaware. It happened in Missouri. It happened in Nevada over the last generation. Because the Republican primaries are so heavily weighted with conservative voters, they can nominate someone who's popular in the primaries and struggles to win statewide. It's happened before. Democrats are hoping and counting on it happening again. Political analyst Steve Roberts on the news in the morning. Steve, thanks much. Okay, my friend. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Take 23, Monday Night Raw tonight at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Bill Wills, Mike Snyder alongside. We appreciate the time of one Dolph Ziegler this morning for a few. Dolph, good morning to you, man. Morning to you guys. How you doing? We're doing well. Let me, uh, and I, I appreciate some of the uh, the prep help. I want to go back. For <laughs> wrestling fans would know the zigzag move that you and AJ Styles made a couple of weeks ago outstanding. <laughs> well, everything I do is pretty outstanding. AJ Styles, too, which is which is not too bad. And I'm I'm really humble about it, too, which makes it great being from Cleveland. Well, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. great career. Congratulations, man. Uh, it's pretty long, yeah. I, 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 um, I'm starting to catch up to the uh, the new Browns. It started in '99. <laughs> Eighteen years. Hey, Duff. I mean, when you wrestled at at the uh, the legendary St. Ed's High School wrestling team, of course, it's an incredible. I mean, they they've been a dynasty for for decades now. When you were there, did you ever think that this would happen to you, though, being on the you know wrestling as a pro? You know what? I, I didn't really know if it could. You know, uh, I ended up being, you know, just under six feet, just about 200 pounds. But at the time at St. Ed's, man, I wrestled 103, 125, 145. And I go, man, I, I, I'm going to have to pack on some pounds to have a chance, even with a legacy and a dynasty like St. Ed's, which is awesome. I'm still in better shape than all my opponents from all the conditioning I did at St. Ed's. Wow, there you go. And then, of course, you wrestled at Kent as well. So this this got to kind of be cool for you to come back here and, and put on the show tonight. Oh, yeah, and I wouldn't even say I just wrestled at Kent. I kind of broke the record for all-time wins. No big deal. But uh, other than that, Division One, people forget sometimes. But, no, St. Ed's. I uh, went to St. Pat's, the grade school. I went to St. Ed's here. I went to Kent State University. And all that training, all that led up to – of course, you know, with my political science degree going into professional wrestling. That makes a lot of sense. Now, yeah. I mean, you're early 40s. At are you, I mean, you're towards, are you on, on, you on 15? Are you on 16 of the career? I mean, there, there is no, I mean, Ric Flair, I guess, just finished up a few, uh, <laughs> a few months ago. I mean, how, how long can you do this, man? Uh, you know, it really depends. Uh, you know, the healthiest people in the world, sometimes it doesn't work. Some people have some recurring injuries. I've been very lucky. I'm um, going on 18 years. Uh, no major surgeries. Any kind of surgery I got was wrestling in college, actually. Yeah. So I've been lucky. I don't ever want to stop, but one day I will have to. But it sure as hell is not going to be now. WWE uh, Clash of the uh, the Castle here coming up soon. Big buildup. We got a lot going on here in wrestling, right? We got a lot of stuff going on. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan, especially in Cleveland. You know, like I said, I, I St. Ed's and Kent State. I got a, my old drill partners coming. I got some coaches coming. I got friends. I got kids to go to St. Ed's now. All these different people coming in to check it out. And it is like we do have that Clash of the Castle coming up, and uh, we just came off of SummerSlam where yeah. Bailey returned. Yeah. Uh, tonight there's a U.S. title match with Bobby Lashley and Ciampa. Seth will be there. Everything you can think of on a Monday Night Raw live show in Cleveland, which is a great wrestling place anyway, it's going to be a blast. Well, you know, Dolph, I was going to ask you, because so much our pay-per-view events and so forth, people watch on, on the big screen and television. But for you, man, the live crowd, huh? that's got to be cool. That is the absolute best thing in the world, whether it's just a live event or even bigger for a giant a TV show, a live television event like this. It's not just to have that live crowd, which we didn't have for a few years, but to be in your hometown and and see some face in the crowd that you know, and you know some ex girlfriends that you know thought you weren't going to make it. That yeah. always helps out yeah. too. Speaking I of ex girlfriends, so uh, okay, you brought it up. Let me ask you this because I mean I threw the zigzag thing at you, the technical thing, and all. Can you tell me the Vince McMahon story? Can you confirm that or not that he taught you how to kiss uh, C.J. Perry? Oh no, he didn't teach me how to no but to be fair i mean this is you know show business uh, a part of it and there there is we did have to become on screen you know a pair together so okay. that's always awkward especially you know if someone you're, you're friends with them already right. or, or uh you know they're in a relationship with your buddies uh but it, i mean that's part of the deal i i've had on television said my character has had tons 
of girlfriends and uh the first couple times it's really weird and awkward you know because you're you know doing some show business sure but you you learn that you know what this is it's a business and you get down to it and you go out there and you steal the show every time no matter what well you're very kind with your time but now, i mean you know early 40s you gotta get a nap in today or anything before time <laughs> one of these days i'm gonna slow down and be old and it's not yet though <laughs> Dolph, you're fun. Thanks for the time. Enjoy. I hope you uh, hope you got plenty of tickets for all your friends and people that that say they're your friends. From your time <laughs> yeah, at Cleveland I'm and Kent State. Yeah, I'm on the tickets I'm selling outside the arena, but also Rocket Mortgage Field outside. Look forward to it, all Dolph. Right. Thanks, pal. Appreciate Good it. Good luck tonight. You got Good it. luck, Thank Do- you guys. Dolph Ziggler. WWE Raw tonight. It'll be rocking. I forgot to ask if he knew Carmen Angelo. I forgot. Ah, I, I was going to ask him if he ever ran to Carmen Angelo. Well, I obviously did better research on his time at St. Ed's and Kent, so... (laughs) Drop the mic. You're on your own there. I guess so. You're on your own. Oh, on your own. How about the zigzag, though? Boy, I'll tell you what. You really pulled that out. Talk about the prep. Yeah. (laughs) Pulled that out, sir. Yeah. 828. Great guy, though. Fun. Yeah. Good stuff, Dolph. Thank you, man. 845, Bill Wills, Mike Snyder alongside. Tom Hamilton checks in after the uh, series with the Astros is wrapped up. one nothing win yesterday. Morning Guardians update brought to you by Metro Lexus. Tom, good morning. Well, good morning, Mike, and welcome back, Bill. Good Thank to have you, you back. Buddy. Appreciate that. Thank Fun you very time. much. Thank you. Uh, I was listening yesterday, and it wasn't raining at my house, but it was downtown enough to where there was a little concern. I think McKenzie, I mean, they obviously you want to keep that game going yesterday, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah, you were just, like, thinking, how can this happen now? Um, because it was such a classic game, and you don't have many opportunities to beat Houston, and, and you felt like throughout that game, you know, once they got the lead one nothing, that's probably, if they're going to win it, they're going to have to win it one to nothing. So, fortunately, the... The rain didn't stay long, and my goodness, was Tristan McKenzie dominant. Boy, Tom, he, he has been really at his best against the best, hasn't he, this year? He really has been, um, Mike. It, it's interesting because, you know, he's dominated Houston twice. He had a masterpiece against New York. Um, you know, it's been fun to watch him kind of grow in front of our eyes here this season where he's gone for a guy that you didn't know, you know, did he have the frame um, and uh, the ability to stay healthy and, and make 32 starts. I don't think you worry about that right now. He's got such a great work ethic, and, um, man, he's just hes really been impressive. Well, it's really turned turned into quite a weekend after losing the first two. Great job Saturday at Cal Quantrill. But when you split a four-game series with Houston, Tom, you, you almost feel like you won it, don't you? Yeah, you do, because, uh, like you say, they got really banged around Thursday and Friday. And uh, the only way you can beat Houston is the way they did it Saturday and Sunday, and that's have dominant starting pitching, and not get behind early. Uh, because as Tito said, you know, really good teams like Houston smell blood in the water early. And they didn't get a sniff of it Saturday against Cal or yesterday against Tristan. And, um, you know, they showed they can play with the big boys. I think, guys, we've talked about this before, but for these young kids to be playing these kind of games now, this deep into the season where you're a game out of first place, where you're going toe-to-toe with a ball club that I think could very easily win the World Series. Boy, that's impressive for this young club and and uh, really gets you excited looking ahead as well. And of all guys to knock in the only run, uh, Luke Maley. I don't think he'd be too high on our list. but he got all of that one, though, Tom, didn't he? <laughs> he really did. I mean, I know they're talking about bringing gambling to baseball, but this is why a lot of people won't have money left if they start making <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad always used to tell me that if a guy's got a bat in his head, you got to respect him, and, and that, that was the case with him yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's a wise saying by your dad, and, you know, these guys are major leaguers for a reason, and, you know, Luke and, and Austin have had some really big hits uh, when catching here, especially after the All-Star break. They do such a great job defensively, uh, but those guys have had some really big hits here. Lately, and obviously for Lucas, first home run in over three years. And again, um, you know, to, to finish that series, like you said, uh, with a split, it really felt like Cleveland won that series. And, uh, I just, I, I hope this really catapults these young kids going forward because gosh, guys, uh, Minnesota and Chicago are not running away with this thing. This, yeah. this thing looks now like. It could go right until October. Game back of the uh, Twins this morning as we speak. Tom Hamilton, our Guardians update. Uh, Okay, let me read from a news release just issued 
by the Guardians and get your take, since you're the, uh, the Guardians uh, <laughs> person we have on the line here. The Cleveland Guardians this morning announced the following roster move. They have option mustard to High A Lake County. The club did not make a corresponding move. Mustard, 17, has struggled at a historic pace this season, failing to secure a victory in any of the first 50 Sugardale hot dog races at Progressive Field 2022. One race was rained out, technically. The tantrum-throwing condiment is being sent down to Guardians High A team, the Lake County captains, to try to get his mental and physical game back to a MLB caliber level. He is expected to report to the captains on Monday and race Tuesday. I think technically there's a 24-hour window. Mm-hmm. Um, the 2022 yeah. Sugardale hot dog race results so far, ketchup 25, onion uh, 25, mustard zero. Tom Hamilton, your take on this? Well, you really want to you know, teach him a lesson or her a lesson or it a lesson, whatever it is. Um, send it to Goodyear. Race out there in 115 degree heat. That, that'll give you some incentive to get back. If things don't work out at Lake County, that's, that could be the next move for mustard. Well said, Tom. I mean, we're, this is serious. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you and Rosie will have updates Tuesday night on how things work out for mustard, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know we're going to get on that as soon as I hang up here. Now. Okay. Got to really delve into this because this is huge. I think I hear I hear Rosie on the other line. Yeah. I mean, he's already wanting to get out there and get some some tape, get some tape, get some tape for the uh, pregame oh, tomorrow night. Boy. All right, Hammy, thanks. Have a good day, thanks, buddy. Tom. All right, guys. See you, Tom Hamilton. There we go. Break. We had to work that in. Breaking news yeah, from well, the Guardians. Right. Hey, yeah, this, this is official. So this is official Guardians statement. coverage. You statement got it. From, that's right. Uh, the uh, Guardians fan fact answer: Charlie Nagy introduced yeah, to the Indians Hall of Fame, 2007 member of the 1988 U.S. Olympic team. You and him go way back. Well, to that, you right? know, I actually saw his pro debut, and yeah. he—I was covering. They were the Double A Canton Aquin Indians, and we were in uh, New Britain, Connecticut. Of course, Charlie's from that area, sure. and uh, they had TVs out there and everything. When he when he actually got uh, uh, in his pro debut, of course, he was with the Olympic team, as you mentioned. Yeah. And what a great career! What a great guy! And uh, All it was, great. it was great to hear him with Rosie when yeah. Tom had some time off, and uh, good to hear from Charlie. He's doing great. He did a good job. All right. Now, Bloom Daddy after three today welcomes conservative talker Kevin Jackson to the show at 335. Also, he's got former Browns wide receiver Brian Brennan. Get his take on the Browns this year, and especially this Kareem Hunt situation. Brian joins Bloom Daddy at 535. Bloom Daddy after three today, WTAM 1100. <laughs> He's going to be at the iHeartRadio Music Festival in uh, late September, and you could be there too. You'll hear the word to text to 200 200 coming up right after the news. Jimmy Malone showed in. Uh, this is Bill Wills. Thanks for being there. Have a good day. Back in the morning, news, sports, traffic, and weather together on the 10s. Fox updates Tech Tuesday tomorrow, too. Agent Derek Meister, Geek at the Geek Squad, will join me with a few tech tips in the morning.